0: hallelujah god we just worship you we praise you we bless you we magnify you we glorify you for there is none like you O god in heaven on earth or under the earth we thank you lord for your presence in this place lord have your way this evening moved by your spirit do only what you can tonight speak to each and every one of us let nobody leave this place the same Open up our ears that we may hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying tonight. Our eyes that we may see, our hearts that we may receive your word tonight. And Father, we thank you in advance for all that you're going to do and all that you're going to say tonight. We thank you for doing a supernatural work. And Father, for we bless you. We give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Now come on, let's just give Jesus one more praise. Hallelujah. You can do better than that. Amen, amen, amen. Amen, amen, All right, amen, so let me, let me get into this. And this is really, you know, I believe that this is God, that, that she testified on this, because I wanted to, to introduce a, a concept to you tonight. And um, I'm just going to say it like this, you know, and, and with that, I mean, it's like rolling into that, you know, this year... My goal, my goal as the past as your pastor is to help you get your stuff. That's 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 my goal. That's my goal. I don't want nobody in here this this uh, you know struggling, that's all jacked up, this you know, depressed and can't my ultimate goal is to help you, you know, walk in the divine promises and blessings, you know, that God has prepared for you. That's my ultimate goal. Is to make sure that you don't miss out on God's best any longer. I want you to receive everything that Jesus died for you to receive. That's the bottom line. And, of course, that starts with salvation, which takes care of the hereafter. But it also extends to his blessings and his favor while you're here. And uh, with that being said, it's important for me to talk about, you know, what could really hinder you from really receiving everything that, that, that God has for you. You know, one of those things that could have really hindered my wife, and I'm glad that. There's a couple of days ago she said, "I'm going, I'm gonna get this thing right with this young lady." She told me that the other day. One of the things that could really hinder you is having unforgiveness in your heart. You know, you know how unforgiveness can block your prayers from getting to heaven. It can stop, it can stop your prayers and put them in, in neutral. You're sitting here, you're praying, and you know your your prayer is not. Reaching this ceiling, let alone reaching heaven. Just because you refuse to forgive someone, God can't open certain doors that he really wants to open for you. But see, she had that in her heart to do so. And today she was moved to take care of it. And then then we talked about it and I said, I said to her, I said, you're going to know when it's time to do it. Because sometimes you can try to do something and it's not the time. And people don't receive it. But when she did it, I mean, it was the timing. And then that woman received everything that my wife said today, And then that opened up, that just cracked open the door so that she can walk into what God really had for her. So let me just get into a couple of things tonight. This is what I really want to talk to you about. And I'm not going to be long because I know that it's getting a little late. But um, I want you to understand something. And God, God really just, he had me minister to this tonight. And I was thinking about this and it was just very clear. You know, God—the love of God—is—is is unconditional, and we know that. I've spoke about that before. You know, God's love is unconditional. You know, God loves you. You know, I always say this, but the person that killed hundred people is on death row in prison. God loves that person just as much as He loves you and me. He's—he, you know, His love is unconditional. But but I, what I want to really get to is that his blessings and his favor, they come with conditions. While his love is unconditional, his blessings and his favor, they come with conditions. And in order for you to really walk in God's best this year, you need to, you need to understand that, the difference between the two. So really quick, turn to 1 John chapter 4, verses uh, 7 through 10. Now I'm reading in the Amplified version just to kind of, you know, Clearly show you how the love of God operates. You know, so in First John four seven through ten again, I'm reading in the Amplified. It says, "Beloved, let us unselfishly love and seek the best for one another." Another, and it says, "For love is from God." So first of all, love is from God, right? And everyone who loves others is born of God, and knows God through personal experience. So unless you really love other people, you don't really know God with the personal experience. You know of God. <laughs> but you know, in other words, you don't have a real relationship with God if you don't love other people. It goes on to say, the one who does not love has not become acquainted with or they have not become familiar with God. They don't, they don't know him and never did know him. And the reason why the Bible says, for God is love. He is love. He doesn't love people he, he is love. He's the very essence of it. And that's why, you know, he can love anybody. It doesn't matter how good or bad you are. He can just love you because he is it. And in the Amplified, it says he is the originator of love. And it's an enduring attribute of his nature. See, it, it, uh, love springs out or it originates from God. And it says, by this, the love of God will, will, was displayed in us. That God has sent his one and only begotten son, the one who is truly unique, the one who The only one of his kind he sent him into the world so that we might live through him and this is love not that we love God but that he loved us and he sent his son to be the propitiation or to be the substitutionary sacrifice he was he was the substitute he stood in our place and he became the sacrifice for us he became the sacrifice for our sins Fulfilling God's requirement for justice against sin and pacifying his wrath. So with that being said, God's, God, he just simply loves you. There's no strings attached. It doesn't matter what you've done or what you haven't done. He still loves you. His love's unconditional. You can never, ever do anything that will make God love you any less. And you can never do anything to make him love you anymore. Because he is love. That's it. Right. So now that's the love of God. But see, you can't confuse his love with being blessed. Because most people confuse his love with, oh, I'm blessed. And they say cliches, you know, I'm blessed, you know, stuff like that. You know, I'm highly favored and all these other things. But, I got but if, if you're not walking in obedience, you may be loved, but you ain't walking in God's blessings. Now, again, let me show you the difference. Now, turn your Bibles to Matthew 6, 26. Now, I want to show you again the love of God. It said, look, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap, right? They don't sow nor do they reap or harvest nor gather crops into barns. Yet your heavenly Father keeps on feeding them. Are you not what worth much more than they? Now, God loves the birds, So he makes sure that someone's generous enough to give them food, right? But because they don't sow, they don't reap. (laughs) And they don't gather into barns, which means that they don't live in the overflow of the blessings of God. They don't have any kind of leftovers. They have no kind of residuals, right? They have nothing for tomorrow, but a promise of another handout. That's all they get. And that's not walking in the blessings of God. That's the love of God. You understand the difference? So just because God loves you doesn't mean that you're walking in God's blessings in his favor. Just like God, out of his great love, makes sure that the birds are fed with people throwing a little bread, you know, while they're sitting on a park bench. That's the love of God. You know, just touching somebody's heart to get a little bread and give it to them. But you can't say that that's being blessed. Because being blessed is having more than enough, being no lack, not, not living hand to mouth. You know, so even someone laying on the street, they find someone that's good enough to give them something to eat. But again, you can't, you can't say that they're blessed. They're being shown God's great love, his mercy, his grace for them. But that's not walking in God's blessings and favor. You understand what I'm trying to say? Now, let me just show you this. Again, just because God's love is unconditional doesn't don't mean his blessings are. Now, let me let me break this down to you. I want you to turn to Leviticus 26 and we're going to read verses one through twenty two. Now, I'm going to try to break down a lot of this in a little bit of time. Now, God God begins to talk about the conditions here for his blessings. Leviticus twenty six verses one through twenty two. God begins to talk about His conditions here, and he, first of all, He says, "You shall not make idols for yourselves, nor shall you erect an image or a sacred pillar or an obelisk, nor shall you place any figured stone in your land so that you may bow down to it, for I am the Lord your God." So, so in other words, God doesn't want you to worship anything or anyone other than Him. That just means that he's, he's, he doesn't want anything or anyone to come before him. He doesn't want your boyfriend or your husband or your girlfriend or your wife to come before him. He doesn't want your job to come before him. He don't want your kids to come before him. He doesn't want your car to come before him. Look, you know, Some people, they, they they can't come to church because they're washing their car on Sunday morning. <laughs> It's the only day I get to wash and wax my car, you know. So, you know, they don't come. Nothing and no one should ever have the number one spot in your life above God. That's just the bottom line. He said, I don't want want you worshiping nothing else. No one else other than me. I don't want you to fall in love with something so much that you can't turn it loose. That includes your money. And that's why he says people, they honor me with their mouth, and they draw nigh to me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. You know, I honor you, God, you know, but they don't, but, but they clearly have something else that they love more than him. And it's shown because their heart goes in another direction, away from him when that thing comes around. So he says, I don't want that. Number two, he says, in verse two, he says, you shall keep my Sabbaths and have reverence for my sanctuary. I'm the Lord. You know, God really, he really spoke to, to me today, this year. He said, you know, people don't honor the Sabbath. In other words, God is saying, I want you to keep a day holy for me. One day out the week where you, you, just, you just give it to me. You just, you just spend it with me. You come to my house. That's why he said, that's why the second part is, he says, have reverence for my sanctuary. Honor it, respect it, you know. Come to my house and spend time with me. Worship me. Give me one day. You got all the other days belong to you. Give me one day where you spend time with me, where nothing else matters other than me. Just give me one day. So he says, keep my Sabbaths. Now he begins to get into conditions in verse 3. Now this is, this is how you, you, you you'll kind of understand how God begins, how he operates. He says there in verse 3, if you will walk in my statutes. See, this is, this is the if you will, then I will. If you walk in my statutes and you keep my commandments and obediently do them, then I will. you will what? I'll give you rain in its season. And the land will yield her produce and the trees of the field will bear their fruit. In other words, you'll be productive and you'll begin to accomplish your goals. He said, I'm going to, when he pours rain out, it talks about his divine blessings and favor. When he talks about increasing your fruit beginning to grow, it talks about you being productive. When you start putting your hands to stuff, it'll begin to work for you. Then he says, in your threshing season will last until the grape gathering and the grape gathering time will last until the planting. Now, this speaks of living a life of continual harvest. This is a beautiful part of scripture because there is a way that you can live in continual harvest. What happens with people is they sow for a little while. They don't sow long enough to reach the harvest. You got to sow long enough until harvest time comes. And then if you continue to sow while you're in harvest, you'll run into another harvest. And then you'll continue to have harvest after harvest after harvest. But see... The first harvest takes a long time because you're just getting started. And the reason why most people never see harvest is because they stop too fast. So he says, as you're beginning to sow, what's going to happen is your grape gathering season, right? Your threshing season will last until the grape gathering season. And then your grape gathering time will last until the planting. In other words, continual Harvest, you're living in harvest. There's a way to actually get to a point in your life where you're living in divine harvest. He goes on to say, and you will eat bread and be filled and live securely in your land. I also will grant you peace in your land so that you may lie down and there will be no one to make you afraid. I will also eliminate harmful animals from the land and no sword will pass through your land and you will chase your enemies. And they will fall before your sword. Five of you will chase a hundred and a hundred of you will put 10,000 to flight. Your enemies will fall before you by the sword. For I will turn towards you with favor and regard and make you fruitful and multiply you. And I will establish and confirm my covenant with you. He goes on to say, you will eat the old supply of the abundant produce and clear out the old to make room for the new. You're going to have so much that you, by the time you finish what he blessed you with, you're going to be make, just making room for the new stuff that he's blessing you with. See, again, I'm talking about there's a, there's a way that you can live life in a continual harvest. He goes on to say, I will make my dwelling among you. See, I'm a, my presence is going to be with you. My soul will not reject nor separate itself from you. I will walk among you and be your God and you shall be my people. And I and I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt so that you would not be their slaves. And I broke the bars of your yoke and made you walk upright with heads held high as free men. Oh, I love that. So as I mentioned earlier, the love of God, see, is unconditional. But his blessings come with conditions. Now, he began to talk about his conditions. If you'll keep my commandments, you'll keep my statutes, then I'll do these things for you. Now, once the conditions are met, God will begin to loose his blessings on you. See, God will always ask you to do something as a seed. And then once you obey, he'll respond to you in harvest form. He will always require you to do something first, and then he'll respond to what you did or what you didn't do. If you'll obey his commandments, then he will give you his promises. So whether or not you receive his blessings is really completely and entirely up to you. It ain't up to him because he wants to bless you. He wants you to walk in his divine favor. He wants to prosper you. He already wants to do those things. But he says, if you do this, then I'll do that. And if you refuse to do it, guess what? You're not going to walk in his blessings. Now you'll walk in his love. You'll have his love. You know, cause he'll always love you. I don't care what you do, he'll still love you. You can sin like crazy, you know. You can shake your fish at God, curse him out. He'll still love you, and he'll make somebody make sure you know that you you know you'll you have a little bit to eat, you know. You you'll just barely make it, live from hand to mouth, you know, because he loves you. So he won't make sure that you know you'll still be able to survive. But you won't walk in his blessings and his favor if you don't be obedient. I right, see everybody was shouting while my wife was preaching. Because <laughs> she was talking about how she got blessed with a job. But guess what? She's been obeying for years. Not just yesterday. <laughs> you know. She didn't she just get started. She's been sewing for years. You know what I'm saying? Honoring God for years. Praying. Fasting for years. You know what I'm saying? We're not talking about, you know, somebody that's playing church coming here and, and shouting, that's it. She's shouting at home. You know what I'm saying? She's serving God at home. You know what I'm saying? And 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 you see that and you know, I want that. But you don't you don't get that just because you want that. <laughs> you don't get that just because you want that. And most people think that you know, well, he loves me, he knows my heart, you know, all that stuff, you know. Yeah, he knows your heart. He's telling me. He's telling what. Yeah, he knows their heart. He knows it. Your heart is deceitful and de- desperately wicked. <laughs> That's what he knows about your heart. <laughs> he knows it all right. <laughs> But if you want God's God's best, see, I ain't playing around, man. You know what I'm saying? I I thank God that, you know, there's there's, there's, in the sweet by and by, I'm going to be in heaven. I'm grateful for that. But I want everything I can get while I'm down here. While I'm here, I want to walk in God's favor and blessing. I want to walk in his favor. When I I do things, I want them to succeed. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to just mess around with this thing. So he has conditions for those things. He don't just he don't just give them out because he loves you. If you do these things, he says, then I will. If you will, then I will. And in verse 14, he says, but if you don't obey me. And do not obediently do all these commandments. And if instead you reject my statutes, you decide "I'm I'm doing my own thing. And if your soul rejects my ordinances so that you will not obediently do all my commandments and this way break my covenant, I in turn will do this to you. I will appoint over you sudden terror, consumption, fever that will waste away the eyes and cause the soul to languish also. And you will sow your seed uselessly for your enemies will eat what you plant. Have you, ever, have you ever, you know, you do all of this work. You decide, well, you know, I ain't going to church, man. I'm just going, you know, work. Make, and you do all of this work. And then the mechanic get the money. He, he eating your money. And then, you know, the doctor's eating it. And the lawyer's getting it. Everybody's getting it but you. You know, there's a scripture in the Bible that talks about, you know, you, it's like you, you have holes, you have pockets that have holes in them. He says, He says, there, you'll sow your seed uselessly, for your enemies will eat what you plant. And I set my face against you, so that you will be struck down before your enemies. Those who hate you will rule over you. You ever feel like you're under somebody's thumb? Those that hate you will rule over you. And you will flee when no one's pursuing you. And it says, and if in spite of all this, you still will not listen to me and be be obedient. He says, then I'll punish you seven more times for your sins. I'll break my pride in your power and and I will make your skyline iron. In other words, when, when, when the Bible speaks of the heavens being like iron, that means that rain is blocked and your prayers are blocked. Rain speaks of God's blessings and favor. It can't come down. And you're praying and it ain't reaching heaven. Now again, no ain't nobody shouting, you know? <laughs> and you're and your ground like bronze. Bronze speaks of judgment. And it'll be hard to plow and yield produce. Your strength will be spent uselessly for your land will not yield its produce and the trees of the land will not yield their fruit. And he says, and if if then you act with hostility towards me and are willing to and unwilling to obey me, I will increase the plague seven times. See, it's like God is trying to get your attention. If you still won't obey, I'm going to make it harder for you. I mean, like it's just like levels of hardness. You know, if you still won't obey, then I'm going to make it harder for you. And this is what he's talking about to Israel. He says, I will increase my plague on you seven times in accordance with your sins. I will let loose the wild animals of the field among you. Which will bereave you of your children and and destroy your livestock and make you fewer numbers. That your roads will be deserted and desolate. And it goes on. I mean, he keeps talking about how much more it'll get harder. Now, I'm saying all this to say, I'm saying all that to say this tonight. See, again, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm my job, my goal is for you to walk in God's blessings and favor. And I want to steer you away from anything that may cause you to not receive it. That that's my goal. I'm not trying to scare you or anything like that or try to put fear on you. What I'm trying to do is make sure that. You begin to listen to God as he begins to speak to you. Because the only purpose of him saying do this is because he wants to bless you. Not trying to get nothing from you. Not trying to take, not trying to stop you from having fun. Not trying to stop you from enjoying yourself. What he's trying to do is get his blessings and favor over to you. He's trying to open up doors for you. He's trying to give you opportunities. He wants you to walk in his favor so that when you begin to put your hands to something it begins to prosper. And and if you begin to listen to him, you're going to start seeing things get easier for you in life. The reason why things become hard is because we refuse to listen to God. Things start getting hard. When you start doing your thing, they just start getting hard. And And it gets harder and harder until you finally say, you know what, I'm going to obey. And that's what he did to Israel. He said, if you won't listen to me, then I'll I'll make it seven times harder for you. And then if you still won't listen to me, I'm going to make it seven times harder than that. (laughs) So you disobeying God is only making it harder for you. And all, at the end of the day, all he's trying to do is bless you. And you make it harder on yourself for nothing. He just wants to bless you. And I believe, again, that this is your year. This is your, that's why I wanted my wife to testify. This is your, we ain't just up here talking. You know, this could really be your year. This could be your year of blessings and opportunities. God wants to, I mean, He wants to bless you, man. And all He's saying is, this is what I want you to do now. If you'll you'll do your part. I'll do mine. You ain't got to worry about it. If you do your part, you ain't got to worry about God doing his part. He's going to take care of it. He's going to open up doors for you that you would never be able to walk in by yourself. I mean, she didn't give you, you know, the the whole breakdown yet, you know. Area that we live in is 90, is 90, is 2% black. So when she walked in there, she was the only black face in that joint. And I mean God gave her supernatural favor and I mean those people said that she didn't really tell it all but you know they told her before she left they told her if you if she said, we ain't even got to worry about this, we already want you they said now nah, you know as long as your references check out you got this job this was yesterday this was yesterday I'm talking about the favor of God fell on her in this place she's sitting there with the chief operating officer, and, and two other people, and that and the COO said, we want you. <laughs> we want you. We want you. That's what they say, ain't no mystery. We want you. That's the favor of God. That's walking in God's favor. You know, when you walk into places and, and people just, they just fall in love with you. They don't even know why. They don't even know why they like you so much. They just fall in love with you. And doors just start swinging open. When you start doing your thing, those, those same doors start swinging closed. So again, my goal is to, to get you there. I want everybody testifying this year. I want, I want everybody in here to be testifying about what God is, what God is doing. I know, not no not no not no crazy testimonies, you know, like I bought this car and it cost me six hundred dollars a month, you know, no no testimony like that, <laughs> you know. I'm talking about real testimonies, you know, about God's favor and blessing coming unexpectedly. That's what I'm talking about. I want to hear some real testimonies this year, and and many of you are going to be giving me that this year. Many of you. Many of you. There's some other, some people here already that I'm gonna have testify. A couple of people is here tonight gonna be testifying, <laughs> cause they just got blessed. And let me know, and I'm you know, but God is doing something this year. God is doing something this year. So, all right. We gotta we gotta close, man. We got we we have to close. We gotta close. We gotta close. Man. We gotta close. But I don't want anybody to just lift your hands to Jesus. And you know I'm going to tell you this, you know, you need to rejoice with people that rejoice, with people that get blessed. You know why? Because that just means that you're next. Huh. That means you're next. So just lift your hands to Jesus. We're going to close. Father, we just thank you tonight for your word. We thank you for that testimony my wife shared. You said your word that we we overcome by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of our testimony. Loving not our lives to the death. Thank you for that powerful testimony. And thank you for your word tonight. I pray, Father, in Jesus' name, that these beautiful people that are here tonight that they're next in line. They're next in line for their breakthrough. They're next in line for their blessing. They're next in line for their opportunity. This is their year. 2020 is their year for them to walk in the divine blessing and favor of God. This is a year of divine breakthroughs. This is a year of us walking underneath an open heaven. No iron. Our prayers being answered and rain falling freely. And Father, we just want to thank you. We bless you. God, we just give you all the praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. We thank you for your word tonight. We receive it. And for it, we bless you and we give you all the praise, the glory. We give you honor in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Now, come on, let's just give Jesus a praise for his words tonight. Amen, 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 amen. We're going to do tonight, as we get ready to leave, we're going to get ready to worship God with tithes and offerings, with special giving. You know, I was um, as I was ministering tonight, I gave you that scripture, Matthew 26, you know how he said, Behold the fowls of the air. They don't sow, and they don't reap. Because they don't sow, they have no expectation of reaping. They don't gather into barns. Again, God feeds them, but they never have more than enough. They have just enough to make it. And I believe that this is a year for you to live in, in God's overflow. But you got to learn how to honor God. Now, I'll give you one scripture in 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 12. This is in a living, New Living Translation. I love this. It says, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. I want you to hear this. He says, you must each decide in your heart, according to the harvest that you would like to receive, how much you want to give. See, how much you receive and harvest form will be determined by how much you're willing to honor God. That's it. And it says, and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. Never do that. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. See, he don't like a tearful giver. He don't like a fearful giver. He likes a cheerful giver. And it says, and if you do that, God will generously, generously provide all your need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. That's the will of God. As the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. See, God gives you, He not only gives you bread to eat, He gives you seed to sow. But you know what people do? They eat the bread, they eat their seed, <laughs> and then they wonder why they don't have more than enough. You can't eat your seed. You gotta you sow your seed, you eat your bread, and then God through that seed that you sow, will be able to give you more bread and more seed. <laughs> and he says, and in the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take our gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. Now, I put this here, you know, God can only bless you to the level and to the degree that you're willing to sow. If you sow a few seeds, scripturally speaking, you can only reap small harvest. If you sow a lot of seeds, you'll reap inevitably a larger harvest. If you sow nothing, you reap nothing, just like the fowls of the air. And God will show you his great love by making sure you get handouts. And I put you, not God, has the responsibility of deciding the size of your harvest. A farmer and a natural understands this. That's why he's looking to sow as much seed as possible. He always is. The farmer's two greatest fears are that he will either run out of seed or he'll run out of ground to sow seeds in. He's not worrying about, I don't want to give this seed up. No, he's trying to make sure that he sows as much seed as possible because he wants a large harvest and that he finds ground that he can sow that seed into. And I put here, you'll never see a farmer withholding or eating his seed and being angry because he has to sow it. Never. He knows that the more seed he can get into the ground, the more opportunity he'll have of reaping a large harvest when it's harvest time. Amen. Now, come on, let's just give Jesus a praise for his words. Amen, 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 amen.